Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Reminder from a listener on my text line, which remember you can text me at any time, 877-933-2484. Good reminder from a listener um, that we need to be encouraging one another to be praying for all of those on the front lines uh, during this time. They actually have less time with their families. They are actually, um, in many cases, not going home to their families for fear of um, passing along infections that they don't even yet know that they have. Um, absolutely, 100%. I'm, a, I'm acutely aware of the tremendous sacrifices being made by so many people on the front lines of the coronavirus um, and so many people serving in so many ways that is often unseen by many, many others. So I live in a fairly rural community, and so uh, big grocery stores do not deliver where we live and our local grocery store doesn't deliver because, you know, it's little, like little, little. So um, the police officers from our community are actually going to the grocery store for some of our um, shut-in citizens and filling their orders. Um, and they are gloved and masked up in ways that some of the rest of us might not be. Um, and so just want to celebrate the ways in which all of our public servants are serving in unique ways. Um, school bus drivers uh, delivering the food that is ordinarily served in uh, in public school lunchrooms at both breakfast and lunch. The school bus drivers are now driving that food uh, and delivering it in in grocery bags um, to you know to apartment complexes and um, and distribution points so that every kid um, can still get breakfast and lunch during uh, this time that schools are closed. Um, I know that there are food distribution points in my own community where the school system has uh, has set up points of distribution for all of that food as well. So um, thank you to each and every one of you who is serving neighbors and friends and church members and the most vulnerable in the community today. And thank you um, for all of you who are continuing to find creative ways to serve um, as best you can in the ways, in the places that God has um, has set you for such a time as this. Let me uh, let me give everybody permission today. Um, I didn't realize until last night in a Zoom call that I was on with the women who are in my church community group. I didn't realize until I saw their faces appear on the screen how much I missed them, how much I missed them. Um, in ordinary times, we gather, uh, you know, in, in one another's physical presence, not only Sunday during worship and Sunday school and those wonderful things, but we ordinarily gather uh, midweek with one another and our families um, as a community group. And I, I just didn't realize until I saw their faces appear on the screen last night how much I genuinely miss them and love them and want to know what's happening in their lives so that I can be praying specifically for their concerns and needs. One of the things that 
I became aware of was there's a lot of pressure. People are experiencing a tremendous amount of pressure to be productive and learn a lot of new things, learn a totally new way of continuing to do the job that they once did um, in a you know, in a space alongside other people. Now they're doing it isolated from those people, not in that space and on technologies with which they are unfamiliar and expected to educate their kids at home at the same time. Let me just go ahead and give everybody permission to stop trying to do all that. You you can't do everything you did before um, and you can't do an additional full-time job either. Like most of us did not go to college to become educators and so we're frankly not prepared to provide our kids with the same kind of education that they were receiving in school. Um, teachers are not prepared to use all of the technologies that are required, um, nor to have this like rolling schedule where they thought they were going to be uh, have to provide stuff for kids for one week and then two weeks and then maybe a month and now probably for the remainder of the school year. Like nobody's up for that. So let's stop trying to think um, or trying to imagine that we're going to do it all. We're going to get it all done. We're going to be that productive. We're going to be able to do it all. No, we're not. We're not. And so, um, you know, you deserve a spring break. Maybe this is the week that you need to announce that there is spring break. Maybe there needs to be a spring break at your house this week. Um, I'm thinking that my family is going to take a spring break today. Um, It's Thursday. Take, Take the day. Take the day to play hooky. I mean, you got to play hooky in your own home, but um, maybe you just tell your kids today, you know what, we're, we're playing hooky today. What does that look like in your household? Next up, Peter Kapsner, he pretty much plays hooky every day, so this won't be a big departure for him. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Kapsner, I appreciate that you're such a good sport, and you keep coming back. Uh, I, you know, Carmen, <laughs> it's it's a mystery to me, but I have to say, I, that one I I could feel was coming. You announced my name. You just said hooky. I know she's going to make the appropriate association right there. I mean, you know, I realize that you run a business and you're a college professor and you speak at churches <laughs> when you know when that's a functioning reality, and you guys homeschool your kids, and so. Your slackardness is extremely productive, but you do feel like a person that would take advantage of an opportunity to play hooky. Well, I, I would hate to either try to confirm or deny that right now, but let's just say that you're probably barking <laughs> up the right tree on that. Let's say I'm, I'm certainly not going to deny it. I just feel like every once in a while having your mom on the show would benefit all of us because we could ask questions. <laughs> about the past okay Uh, oh there are there there are certainly certainly gaps and you know i i and i played a little bit of hooky yesterday i have to confess uh just in the sense that i took a little diversion through a local fast food restaurant because i thought it'd be fun to pick up some uh, french fries and uh, sort of a chocolate malt frosty kind of thing for my kids and you know it's funny you were talking about before the break just the idea of how we feel so pressed all the time right to feel productive 
And I realized, even as I was sitting in that that fast food line uh, of the drive-through, I thought I've got nowhere else to be. I've got nothing else I can really truly do right now uh, at this point. And it felt a little bit like sort of some weird return to the 1970s or 1980s before I was maybe running as frantically as I sometimes do, where the highlight of my day really was a little window uh, of hooky into the day to grab some french fries and frosties for for my kids and coming home it was it was absolutely delightful so I, I think we can return to some simple joys in the midst of what is obviously pretty profound sorrow and hardship going on as well absolutely absolutely all right so you and i have been um doing a little reading together tell us about um about this article that we've both read does christianity offer any hope amid the coronavirus now my instinctive answer to that question is Yes, um, of but right. So let's uh, let's talk about hope in the midst of all of this. Yeah, it was a, it was an article that I think a lot of people ended up seeing, at least in in some of the um, the circles in which I was uh, asking some questions about it. And it was an article written by theologian N. T. Wright. Uh, who is a very, very well-known and popular the- theologian out of the University of St. Andrews in Scotland. And and he wrote an article, appeared in Time magazine, that um, was, was sort of this intriguing headline about the idea that Christianity doesn't actually offer answers to the coronavirus. And of course, you know, it's a little clickbaity at that moment, but it certainly got my attention to click in and read it. And, and plus, I do tend to enjoy uh, N.T. Wright's theological take on things. So in reading through it, the main point of his article was that instead of trying to seek uh, all of the answers about why this is happening, and and I know there's lots of people out there that might uh, be saying, well, this is God visiting judgment on the world for its defiance of him, or there might be other explanations for, well, these things just happen in nature. And people are, are really understandably asking the question, why? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And, and what N.T. Wright was trying to suggest, at least to some degree in the article, is that there's a better and longer-term biblical and traditional approach for people who are following Jesus, and in the Old Testament as well, following Yahweh like Israel did. And that was the, the invitation to lament. And to lament is simply to express profound sorrow and grief, to cry out, to stop trying to answer all the questions about why, but to really let the heart loose with how it is experiencing some really tragic and difficult circumstances. And there's even a book in the Bible called Lamentations, which I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with. And it is this incredible permission that Jeremiah really seemed to have as he wrote this book related to the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC when Babylon came and sacked the city and destroyed every bit of hope and future that the Israelites ever would have had. I mean, it was it was the very symbol of their strength. It was the very symbol uh, of Yahweh's blessing on their life, the city of Jerusalem. And now it's lying in ruin. And the response, at least in the book of Lamentations, was not necessarily to ask why all the time. It was simply to lament, to express grief and sorrow, uh, because there is a God who hears. So it was a pretty interesting article, because I don't know about you, Carmen, for me growing up in the church, the word lament was not something we talked about very much. We certainly weren't invited into how to do it terribly well. And I think there was even a sense that if you lamented, somehow you weren't trusting God, that you didn't have faith, that... Um, there was more of this mentality, well, just let go and let God, and you shouldn't you know, be concerned about such things. But So I think there's an invitation here about to, to relearn how to lament well. I'm a, I'm a lamenter. I don't mind saying so. And I, I think there's a lot of faith in lament. Um, yeah. I'm dem- I am demonstrating that I trust God to be God. 
um, and I trust him to be big and glorious and able to handle um, what I acknowledge I cannot, um, to know more and to see more than I can um, know and see. And so I'm I'm a lamenter. I don't mind confessing that publicly. Um, and I want to just encourage folks to utilize the Psalms of, of lament in particular and the stories of lament that are contained in the Bible. I mean, I think Job's lament before God and Jesus's lament in the Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, these are these are opportunities for us to recognize that we can bear our soul before God and he can handle um, whatever it is that we're feeling um, and, and whatever it is that we are struggling with. God is good and God is great and he can bear it all. So appreciate that um, you're, you're sort of reminding us of that today. Hey, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I, I want to um, have a conversation with you about maybe some of the surprising uh, stories of, um, of people who the coronavirus is, uh, is robbing life from them. Mm. Um, and there's one, and there's one um, coach in particular, this, this high school baseball coach that I want to talk about. Um, this up next with Peter Kapsner. We'll be right back. I am Continuing my conversation with Dr. Peter Kapsner, you can actually follow him on Twitter at Dr. Peter Kapsner. Um, have you tweeted anything um, since the last time we talked? Well, I was just preparing to tweet my, uh, you know, <laughs> pictures of the French fries and the frosty, Carmen. So I, I don't, you know, I don't want to direct the surprise right now because I know, you know, how important my Twitter feed is. I just, I, I'm preparing to tweet. I feel like you, you're just, you're kind of always just preparing to tweet. It's good. I, it's I am, kind of I am. funny I'm, to I'm me. just it's waiting good. for the right moment. Yeah, you know, I'm still uh, celebrating getting to double digits last week and in (laughs) followers. And so I I don't want to, you know, overcommit at this point. I love it, man. Um, Okay, so. When I read this um, tragic story, this tragic story about the death of this 30 year old baseball coach, um, the word invincible is in the headline. So he was a 30 year old baseball coach who once seemed, quote unquote, invincible. He died of the coronavirus. Um, this is a tragic story. Um, it reminds us that the coronavirus is going to take the lives of people in the prime of their life um, who are, from all accounts, perfectly healthy and very robust physical individuals. Um, but what struck me about this story, and it's kind of reminded me about comments made about the Titanic, you know, this unsinkable ship um, right. that sunk. Anytime we begin to think of ourselves more highly than we ought, in the culture, there are these experiences where we just are reminded of how fragile and vulnerable we are, no matter how strong we are. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And the story to which you're referencing is a <clears throat> story of a, he's, he's now a baseball coach, but when he was part of a preparatory high school program called the Don Bosco Preparatory High School, it's a, it's a private Catholic school in New Jersey, uh, part of a state championship team. And they went 33 games undefeated. It was, you know, sort of this, uh, they were often considered to be maybe the best team that the state had ever fielded. And that was the word that was being used, that when they arrived on the baseball field, that there was this sort of aura of invincibility. I mean, some of the the greatest athletes have that aura about them. I know that when Tiger Woods, for example, on the golf courses in his heyday, they talked about just sort of 
this charisma uh, and, and, and this this aura that he carried with him that really even just cowed uh, the fellow golfers around him that he would be in the room and they just knew they, they knew that they could not beat him. And there's been a specific set of athletes, the Michael Jordans, the Roger Federers, that really have lived in what proved to be a temporary bubble uh, of invincibility. And if you're not careful, you can allow that kind of success to just assume, hey, uh, I'm above it all. It's not going to impact me. It's not going to affect me. And and I've been moved over the last maybe 48 hours or so. Like you, I watch a lot of different kinds of news programs and try to just keep myself up to date on what's happening globally. And uh, following some of Governor Andrew uh, Cuomo's press conferences in New York State, and then was listening live yesterday on the radio when he announced that his brother Chris, who is a CNN news anchor, has the coronavirus as well. And He's somebody that sort of just exudes this this strength. Um, whether or not you agree with this politics, that's not the point right now. He, when he's on air, he does sort of have this aura about him um, that he's fully in control, that he is fully in command, and he's been reduced. If you've read the stories about how coronavirus is, is affecting him the last 48 hours, he's been utterly reduced. And I think the point that you've said so well that we're trying to make here is that we can go about life for a pretty significant period of time. And even the most invincible among us, uh, it, it reveals that there's a common human condition of frailty, that at the end of the day, we are subject to forces beyond ourselves that we can sort of temporarily harness, it seems like, but at the but but to put our faith and trust into such things. Well, it's why it feels so tragic then, like when this 30-year-old baseball coach lost his life, it's part of what feels so tragic is it is tragic, number one, and number two, it comes on the heels of saying, but wait a second, that wasn't supposed to happen to him. That wasn't supposed to happen to Chris Cuomo. Uh, Tiger Woods was not supposed to ever break down, and and it, it just reveals what's true about life, I think, Carmen, and, and it actually ties into lament a bit. It's, it's why lament is such a powerful tool. Because when we come up against our frailty and when we come up against the reality that life is one pretty monstrous variable related to the future that we simply cannot control, and, and it puts us in a place of some of the beautiful biblical invitations, words like trust and surrender and lament and giving up control and, and willing to be meek like Matthew 5 and uh, willing to to understand that we are broken people at the end of the day. And when we do that, there gets to be a surpassing power that uh, begins to inhabit our lives that's different than whatever we can accomplish in our seeming sense of invincibility. Yeah, when we when we think about and uh, talk about people in the um, in the prime of life and we get to then because they're media figures actually hear their testimonies. It, it's really profound. Um, Chris Cuomo you know, I mean, he talks about um, hallucinating in, during these high fevers. He talks about he actually, you know, chipped a, phys- chipped a tooth um, yeah. because uh, he was his body was in these rigors, which, you know, they're they're sh- he's he's shivering. He's in such but they're rigors. And, you know, I just um, I'm just not sure that everyone recognizes. I think everybody recognizes how severe this is going to be in terms of gross numbers of people like that number is now out there we know a lot of people are going to lose their lives Um, but a lot more people are going to have this and experience real physical um, emotional psychological trauma related to it because you suffer in isolation and that's another part of this that i just think we 
we need to be really aware of. Chris Cuomo is suffering alone, quarantined from his family, um, and he's not in a healthcare facility. Like he's in, you know, he's at the in the basement of his house. Um, right. I just think that there's just so much of this that there's going to uh, there's going to be a wake up call for a lot of people about a lot of things, um, and we as Christians need to be prepared to talk with them through those experiences and what they're experiencing and how fragile we are, um, not only as physical beings, but our need for a savior. Like there's going to be an opportunity here to have conversations that people were not ready to have just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. And to your point as well, you know, that you start at the top of the hour with in the midst of all of this pain and suffering, I think some of the greatest tragedy, right, is when you read the stories of people having to say goodbye to their loved ones over FaceTime or over a phone yeah. call. And and so to stay connected like this and, and um, to do the best we can in the midst of all of this difficulty, to, to be with one another, even if it's virtually, because the isolation can be brutal and that can really be as hard as the soul as anything. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Peter, thanks as always for joining us. We look forward to our conversation next week. God willing, and the creek don't rise. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Carmen. I'm off to get those French fries. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. Hey, next up, I've got uh, Trillia Newbell. She and I are going to just, we're just going to encourage one another. We're going to talk about the situation at her house, and uh, and we're going to just give glory to God in the midst of our grief. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. So Jonathan Parnell has been uh, here on the program before. He's a pastor in Minneapolis. He is tweeting this morning about what dads need to be doing and what dads need to be aiming for today. Dads, here's your aim. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. That's your aim today. Make your Home, the place your kids most want to be, the place your wife most wants to make beautiful. Uh, that's your, man, that's your kingdom. That's your kingdom. Be kingly in it. Next up, I've got Trillia Newbell. She is, uh, she's an author. She's a mom. Um, she's a friend in Christ. She's just going to offer her perspective on the days in which we're living. We're just going to speak some words of hope and stories of inspiration into one another's lives. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Licato. Jesus was accused of much, but of being a grump, sourpuss, or self-centered jerk? Nope. People didn't groan when he appeared. They didn't duck for cover when he entered the room. He called them by name. He listened to their stories. He answered their questions. He visited their sick relatives and helped their sick friends. He fished with fishermen and ate lunch with the little guy and spoke words of resounding affirmation. He went to enough parties that he was criticized for hanging out with rowdy people and questionable crowds. People were drawn to Jesus. Thousands came to hear him. Hundreds chose to follow him. They shut down their businesses and walked away from careers just to be with him. His purpose statement read, I came to get life with joy and abundance. Jesus was happy, and I think he wants us to be the same. This is Max Locato. lots of really good ideas. And one of God's really good ideas is named Trillia Newbell. She also has a book by that name. 
Uh, Trillia, welcome back. Thank you. You are. You are one of God's very good ideas. You are so kind. That just blesses me. And the Lord is just kind as well. Yeah. So for um, for people who aren't familiar with Trillia's work, you can check her out at TrilliaNewbell.com. One of the really fun things that you can find there right now, if you scroll down the page, um, is uh, Trillia reading on Facebook or Instagram. You can click on either one of those links. Um, she's reading her book to our kids and mm. so I love that. Actually, I love that this is happening, Trillia. Um, I see this. I see other people sort of catching this spirit and reading their books um, to our kids online. I just think that's so fun. Such a great idea. Yeah, I. it came to me after someone asked me if they could read the book out loud. And I was like, of course you can. Well, I asked the publisher and the publisher gave permission. And then as I thought about it, I was, I was like, I should do that. It's my book. And so and it was such a joy to get to read to um, kids all around the country, the world, and and allow people to share it for free. And so, and I think it just, it's, it's a sort of uh, comfort. It's something abnormal that we get to do at a time when everything is hard and abnormal. So I was really excited to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives parents, frankly, a little bit of a break that somebody else is yes. reading to them. So we don't have to. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I really appreciate it. Hey, what's um what's the situation at your house? Um, and how are you guys coping in the midst of all this? Yeah. So the situation is that my kids have been out of school. I have two and they're one's 10 and the other's almost 14. And they've been out of school since the beginning of March. I can't remember when uh, I think March 6th. And um, so the first couple of weeks, it was just kind of, we'll just do whatever. But then I realized, okay, this is could, could be for the long haul. And so we've started to do school. And my husband and I, <laughs> my husband will be in the bedroom laying flat on his belly, um, typing away at work. It's hilarious. We, we have a small home. So, and then the, the kids and I will be on the kitchen table um, I'll be trying to work and they'll be doing some studies. So it is an interesting season to say the least, but we're, we're coping, we're doing what we need to do to, um, yeah, but it's, it is so unique. This is a unique season for all of us, but we are adjusting. It's just been, um, a, 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 a trial, but also with that said, we've had some, sweet moments that we wouldn't have had, which is an awkward, it's an odd thing, but God, you know, that's how he works. Sorrowful yet always rejoicing, but there's this, he's, you know, he, he gives good gifts and even in the midst of sorrows and pain. So we've, we've had some sweet moments that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Absolutely. My mom, um, last night, uh, challenged me to like, we should be keeping some sort of family journal in the midst of this so that we don't lose track of, the sweet things we did experience along the way, because a couple of weeks from now, we might need to be reminded that there were some sweet experiences this week. Um, you know, as, yeah. this, as this goes on, um, we might need some uh, some touch points, um, uh, markers along the way. Um, talk with me about how uh, how your work has been affected. Like you're not going into the office. Your husband is probably not going into the office. We're all trying to um, manage space and carve out time. And I even know that like right now, like, right, 
you have asked your family to be quiet so that we could have this conversation. So they're making a sacrifice. Like, we appreciate that. They're making a sacrifice so that we can have this conversation. Talk with us about sort of how you're managing to work in the midst of all this. Okay, so let me just, so your listeners understand, I'm a writer and a speaker. So I had a good 15 plus events that have all now been canceled. So that alone has been a an enormous change. So I travel and none of that is happening. And it was one week after another, things were dropping off. And so um, that has been a huge adjustment for our family, both financially and mentally, just getting, getting my, wrapping my mind around everything being canceled. And then, um, yeah, so I am it right now I'm sitting actually in my bedroom and one of my kids is laying beside me quietly. (laughs) So we are, everything has been adjusted um, and everything slowed down. We are, I am not expecting myself to be very efficient. I can't necessarily get things out as quickly as I had before because I'm being interrupted. It's sweet and good interruptions. I love my children, but they, they're interruptions that I didn't experience before. So, so I'm, everything has been slowed down or halted altogether. I'm having to say no to things that I may have been willing to do before, but I have to choose what I can do because it affects everyone around me. And so, and so there are things that I just can't do that I would normally be excited to, to do, um, Facebook lives or various other, because we're all going digital. I have to be very aware of my surroundings and care for my family. My husband, as I said earlier, he, he, he's often in the bedroom with just trying to work and, or, uh, the other day I found him in the closet computer. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so we are, we are getting creative, but everything is slowing down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm talking with Trillia Newbell. We're, we're just talking about life and how it has changed. Um, she's an author. She is a speaker. Um, She is a colleague of mine um, in the work of ministry as the gospel extends to more and more people in the world. You can find her at the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. You can find her at World Magazine. You can find her at Lifeway. You can certainly find her online at trillianewbell.com. Trillia, when we come back, um, can we have a conversation about how you're processing all of this with your kids conversations that you guys are having. And then maybe we just share some words of hope, um, some passages of scripture or some sweet stories of God's goodness and grace with our listeners, just to be of encouragement this morning. So that's up next here on Mornings with Carmen with Trillia Newbell. We'll be right back. So I'm talking with Trillia Newbell. She's an author. She's a contributor to the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. You can find her uh, there. You can also find her contributions at World Magazine, at Lifeway. You can find her online at trillianewbell.com. Um, Trillia, 6.6, I'm just reading right now off the New York Times headline, 6.6 million Americans applied for unemployment this past week. That makes the two-week total 10 million people. Um, 10 million people out of work just in the last two weeks 
Um, those are our neighbors. Those are our friends, our family members, fellow churchgoers, parents of kids uh, who our kids are friends with, people who just, you know, in the last, you know, two weeks ago um, were serving us in a variety of ways in the culture in which we were all participating. Like, life has radically changed. I'm just wondering, um, you know, in, just in terms of the changes we're experiencing, what are what are you telling your kids? I know one's lying right there, so uh, I won't ask what you're not telling your kids. Um, like, wh- <laughs> what are we, what are the, what are the conversations that you're having at this age and stage? Um, and then what are the questions yeah. that you're hearing from others that you're, you know, that you're trying to answer? Yeah. So my kids are not seeing, or they wouldn't understand the economic impact of this pandemic. They, they just wouldn't be able to wrap their heads around that. So, so th- those questions have not come up. Mm-hmm. Death, that's what's most they're most aware of. Um, they're aware that people um, are dying and that hundreds of thousands of people will die and and have died around the world, but in the United States. And so what they're most concerned about, they're not concerned about themselves as much as they're concerned about mom and dad. And it's mm-hmm. not about themselves um, or, or mom and dad financially. They're just thinking, we don't want to, we want to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so they are taking, they're, they're taking, they're older, right? So they're, they're not old, but they're older. And so they, they understand that people live and people die and mom and dad can. And so they're washing their hands. They're, they're taking the precautions they need to. Um, but they're, they're concerned because we ask them, how are you doing? What are you thinking? And they're like, we're fine, but we, what about you guys? And so it's been an interesting, see, it's been interesting to see our kids try to care for us. Um, we're, we're young, but we're still older, but we're still in that, that kind of not vulnerable category, but we still could get sick and get severely sick. And they're aware of that. So it's been a real interesting time and sobering time for us to to be cared for for, for my for, by our kids and for them to be aware of the, their need to care for their neighbor. We have a neighbor who is in that category of the vulnerable, and they're aware of that. They're they're staying away. They're asking about her, um, asking if they we can help her, and and so it's been a sobering season for that. Just to see that kind of reversal that one day we will experience in a, a more acute more away as we do age, Lord willing. And and we're seeing it now and it's it's sobering. It is sobering. I actually think sobering is such a good word for um for so many things right now. I feel like we're having much I'm I am having very sober conversations. My sister and I are both having very sober conversations with um with our parents who are eighty two and eighty seven. Yeah. Very very sober. We're having sober conversations with um, with our adult, you know, kids who now have kids about the things that they are choosing to do or not do, you know, making sure that it's sort of everybody gets it just because you're not 60 or over or just because you don't have some sort of uh, compromised immune system doesn't mean you're not at risk. Really Absolutely. robust, healthy people are, um, you know, are falling ill uh, to this. So. Um, some words of hope, Trillia. You are really good at shining light. It's one of my, I mean, you're actually, if someone were just to ask, like, who are some of the shiny people out there? You're on my, uh, you're on my shiny people list. 
So um, so let's shine a little light, um, shed a little hope, uh, give, give the word to the people today. Um, well, first, thank you. What I would say, there's a lot I would say, but in a short segment, I guess I would just encourage people to read Romans 8. That chapter is filled with fresh encouragement for this moment. Um, If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, here's the truth. A lot can be against us, but God is ultimately for us. Nothing can thwart his good plans for us and nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That brings a comfort and peace to my soul, to know that God is with us completely till the end and that we have, and he, his love is everlasting. And so I am holding on to that hope in God, no matter what happens, if you have put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you have Jesus. And, um, and so I'm also encouraging people and encouraging myself to put my, set my mind on him. In Isaiah, it says that the mindset on God has peace and we have peace because we're putting our trust in him. And so that is, he gives us perfect peace. He says that we could come to his throne of grace and receive mercy and help in our time of need. And so that's where I'm running. I'm running to our only hope, our only foundation, our only sure thing, because everything else is not, it's, it's not. And, and so, and so God invites us to come to him, to run to him, to find peace in him and to rest in him. And, and he is sure he is real. He draws near to the brokenhearted. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that you would sense his nearness. Trillia, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for all the ways that you uh, minister to your own family and to so many others. Um, looking forward to the way God is going to use this time to strengthen and encourage you in order that when this time is over, you'll have um, fresh wisdom to pour out uh, upon the rest of us. So, uh, so thank you, my sister. Thank you. Stay safe. All right, we, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Okay, uh, keep those text messages coming. Uh, you are a great encouragement to me. Uh, you can text me at 877-933-2484. Plan to join me Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We're going to have a live call-in show co-hosted, oh, 9 to 10 a.m. Central. Thank you, Paul. Uh, co-hosted by Susie Larson, Bill Arnold, and me, Carmen LeBurge. It's going to be really fun. The same number that you use to text during the show, 877-933-2484, is the number you will call during that live hour on Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central. Um, If you can't make it during that hour, we would love to hear from you in advance. You can call that number um, anytime that none of us are live on the air. You can call that number um, and record a message for us. You can record a prayer request. You can record a story of hope or encouragement. Tell us how Faith Radio has blessed you. You're going to do that on the Faith Line. That's the language you're you're looking for. Um, You're going to record that on the Faith Line, and then we will be able to... um, to use your recording uh, on Saturday morning as a part of of the show. That'll be really fun. Uh, Again, thank you as always for for joining me. Be an ambassador of this radio ministry by passing today's show along to someone else. You're going to say, well, how do I do that? 
where you're going to go and you're going to get the podcast of today's episode at MyFaithRadio.com, and you're going to share it via text message or email with somebody else. Um, let's let's remember that just because we can't be driving around listening, we can still be listening and sharing this content with others via our own social media feed. So grab the content at MyFaithRadio.com. Have a great day. Make it a great day. And God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.